that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast, brought to you, of course, with our new friends at gambling.com. It's good to be back there. Uh, Dermot Nolan is here. Hello, Dino. How are you, buddy? I'm very well. Very well. We're not on YouTube this week, Damo. We, I think we got sick of the sight of our own faces already, did we? <laughs> we will. We will. We will. <laughs> we'll have some form of a video, but unfortunately, uh, our faces will not be on YouTube. Uh, the, uh, just a bit of a... Uh, Technical difficulties, yeah. Dean, which uh, hopefully will be the only difficulties we have. Oh no, we have this no, weekend. We'll, we'll find more, but like that's that's all <laughs> that's all good. I think many people breathing a sigh of relief, but we will be back. We will be back. Um, you know, not speaking of technical difficulties, we're delighted to say Paddy Aspel is back on the race hour. Paddy, it's been a little while. How are you keeping? Yeah, good afternoon, boys. And unfortunately, it was down to my country broadband that we couldn't make uh, or I, I certainly couldn't make my youtube debut but these youtubers are getting loads of stick anywhere in the media nowadays so we're, we're better off sticking to this gig <laughs> yeah 100 <laughs> we'll be clipped up all over the place making stupid faces and all that kind of stuff like yeah that can wait for later in the season paddy it's great to have you back on um and we've well we're now just getting into the early realms of the jump season we had a decent weekend of course just take place uh, with the cheltenham opening meeting uh, irish dominated again that seems to be the way there paddy they seem to always do well at that meeting i think the uh, uk horses i mean they're not even sending over their a grade ones and they're picking up loads of races did you enjoy a couple of days yeah, certainly did. Um, I mean, look, you're always going to get them murmurs, aren't you, that the Irish are taking over. But if they're willing to travel, and like you say, yeah. you know, they're not even sending their first team. Uh, this is like uh, under-21 stuff, really, so far, isn't it? But yeah. they're still really got off to a very, very good start. And I mean, I think all round, it was a great weekend for Henry de Bromhead. Obviously, he was the birthday boy, wasn't he? And I think he just always interviews so well, never really jumps up and down about with disappointment or delight. He's 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 very um he's very grounded and I thought the Wacker clan yet again at the weekend highlighted how good I watch him quite a bit. Darrell Key from the front boys is absolutely dynamite. Yeah. I know he had a very willing partner here in, in Wacker Clan and there was some wild celebrations afterwards. But yeah, the Irish absolutely dominated Henry de Bromhead. Gavin Cromwell and the UK boys were struggling, although they got a little bit of a look in, but on, on the whole, they were proper on the back foot. Oh, they were. And I think, you know, that's always the, I always seem to remind myself, I think I said it on last week's pod that the Irish just win all these races. So just go and find out which ones. Keith Donoghue had a fantastic weekend. As you mentioned, Henry de Bromhead, Gavin Cromwell, Rachel Blackmore, Darrow O'Keefe, all amongst the winners. Dermot, you managed to find a winner and it wasn't trained in Ireland. Our champ was your nap of the weekend. Yeah, he was brilliant as well. That young Freddie Gordon as well. That was, that was such a good ride. Uh, you know, he he just kept it so so uncomplicated. But he just looks a really classy, classy young jockey. Um, he, he probably could well reduce uh, repeat the feat again this weekend. But just kind of speaking of jockeys, it's just great to see Keith Dunne doing so well. Mm. Uh, a friend of the race hour now for a long time, and um, it's not that long ago Keith Keith quit you know, because of his weight, and he had blogs and. Uh, and our former sponsor, uh, bookmakers that called it UK about how he was just struggling mentally across the board. And um, it just all seemed to click down when he got his diet. And it, 
everybody else in order. And that's not just like cutting out food. That is Keith Dunne who really limiting himself massively down to, I don't remember how many calories it was, but for his height, it was ridiculous. And the amount of running he has to do, he's to basically run a marathon every few days. And the, so for him to be doing as well as he is now and running with the likes of Encanto Bruno, it was just brilliant to see. And very interesting, shows the fate that Gavin Cromwell has in him now, Dean, that he kept, that he got the ride in Florian Porter and Danny Mullins wasn't brought over. You know, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a massive sign of how, how, how much Gavin Cromwell is a big fan of him. And Florian Porter, um, he was brilliant. He was really, really good. I loved his massive jump four out. He was just so brave jumping a fence, which is great to see because usually older horses, when they go over fences like Time Hill last season, they're a little bit kind of, you know, they're so used to hurdling for that long that they're a little bit reticent to, to uh, take on a risk like that. But Florian Porter flew over them. He was he was brilliant and brave altogether. And uh, Keith Dunne, who matched him perfectly. But away from Cheltenham, the one, Dean, that I was really impressed by uh, last weekend was actually Afferdale Glory, who beat... Uh, Favori de Shamdu at Galway. Uh, they're two very good horses. Afferdale Gorey was second in the Albert Bartle last season at 150 to 1, actually tipped by Mikey Fogarty. And the um, time time, time will definitely prove that that was no fluke. And Afferdale Glory really impressed me under Sam Ewing for um, Noel Mead, who's enjoying a, a great time of it. So um, loads of loads of early clues, Dean. And, but Florian Porter and Afferdale Glory, they'll be two, two stayers definitely to uh, keep on side, but over... For, over fences. 100%. I mean, I was going to ask Paddy about Flora Porter because there was a few quite extravagant jumps, even where he's leaving the back legs in a little bit. Not a bad sign, I didn't think, Paddy, even if they, you know, look a little bit ungainly at the time. They were quite spectacular. Yeah, no, he was pretty good. And I think an awful lot of, I suppose the stats are against him really, aren't they? As far as the route that he's gone down as a hurdler, I don't think history tells us that they don't really go to the top end over fences. But that said, the other day, when Keith needed him, he was very good to go the other way and make a shape in front of a fence. And he was good and brave, as as Dermo says, at, at the top of the hill. Only just got there, didn't he? But, you yeah. know, he's, he's gutsy. He's a very, very hardy horse, I'd say. You know, and I know he's not been the most straightforward at times, but I think when the gun is put to this horse's head, he's very rarely let connections down at the, the you know, at the, the back end of a race. And that was a good start because I tell you, the horse in second that Nico, Boyne, the Boyneville Road for Nicky Henderson, I really love that horse without being a proper top notcher. He's a good, solid yardstick who's got a bit of experience and he looked good at Worcester the time before that. And I thought Florian Porter, because I didn't actually realise that Paul Carberry works for or rides out plenty for Gavin Cromwell now. I think Keith Dunahoo was... He's, he's been watching him, hasn't he? He's, he's definitely been paying attention. <laughs> he's trying to outdo him a little bit. So it's hard to read how much horse he's got underneath him, to be yeah. honest. But that said, he gives these horses plenty of confidence. And fair play, I didn't realise how much sort of aggravation he's had down the years as regards trying to get his career back on track. But I'll tell you what, he's a fella in a good place now. And he, he would be surely bang there, you would think, boys, staying in one piece to be in contention for the jockey's title. 100% going to have a good season, that's for sure. I mean, that race, Broadway Boy, you mentioned, uh, is a nice one in second. We've all been caught. There's a lot of money for that. comes from, you know, uh, a lot of talking about that horse at the Twist and Davis Yard, and that one did disappoint. Um, Paddy loved him last season, didn't you, Paddy? Yeah, I think we all liked him, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, I just think he put a couple of smart ones there from a yard in form. Um, he, he put them to bed, and, yeah, it's going to be interesting because... 
although he's eight year old, he's got to keep progressing, Florian Porter. And I think when you watch him in his races, he puts a lot into life full stop by the looks of him. So, you know, it's going to take a fine bit of training for Gavin Cromwell just to bring this horse back every time because obviously it's 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 harder work now jumping fences as well. Mm. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to follow his season. He was definitely one of the highlights of the weekend, if not the highlight of the weekend, was seeing Flora Porter go about his business at HQ at Cheltenham. Of course, there was a little bit of a disappointment for Angel's Breath. Anyone who followed me in uh, couldn't give two stone away to something down the bottom locally trained, which was disappointing for them. And my Drogo, who we talked up last week on the podcast, also ran uh, pretty flat back to the drawing board for the Skeletons. But uh, Cheltenham back underway, so some good racing uh, was was caught over the weekend and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. We've got some good stuff as well coming up this weekend at weather permitting, of course, Ascot and Weatherby. We might even get a Cork National thrown into the mix and we will get there. But as we've got Paddy on the podcast and last week, as we did some of the senior chasers and some of these uh, novice chasers that we're looking at, we thought we'd have a look at the hurdlers. I mean, Damo, when we when we look at the hurdlers and the, and the senior hurdling division, um, is there much point trying to work out what beats Constitution Hill? They've decided to mop up champion hurdles rather than jump a fence. Yeah, I, I I was disappointed by that, but I do understand it. it it's not like, you know, he, he's winning loads of stairs hurdles or anything. It is still champion hurdles. Uh, it's great to see impaired pass as well coming because, you know, Willie Mullins thinks the world of him. So um, it's just good, to, you know, great horses beat great horses. So that's, that's the, that's what's great to see because again, Stayman's excellent. He proved that by beating Honeysuckle so easily who went on to win the mayor's hurdle afterwards. Yeah. But um, Empire Pass should be a level above that again. So this is just more. But look, Dean, you said it great last season when you said that the only the only team that could get Constitution Hill off the bridle is a car, and that that is that is the case. I absolutely love that line. And Empire Pass, he's just another notch up. It's fantastic to see. But if Constitution Hill turns up like he should, then he should win. You know the old adage of not being scared of one horse. I think Constitution Hill might even book that one. Um, yeah, it is. It's a division. At least Willie Mullins has made this in this this division interesting because all season they'll avoid each other. It'll come to Cheltenham, you'll have a few people talking about uh, taking on Constitution Hill, and reasonably he sh- it, sh- it should be very hard to do, obviously. But at least there's a little bit of intrigue now because if it was just State Man against Constitution Hill again, you know you're losing. To, 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 there just isn't as much interest there and then I went through trying to find trying to find a smart you know 50 to 6 6 to 1 horse for the stairs hurdle that you know you could say that line of uh, oh you know if he doesn't jump a fence properly he could go back over hurdles and blah 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 I went through that division and over it again the stairs hurdle is a murky division as possible it's pitch black now there's you can't see anything at all it's gonna be it's gonna be on murky um i'll get to the stairs i'll get to the stairs but like this yeah this but that's but just hurdle, senior hurdles overall yeah senior hurdles overall it's very hard to kind of get involved in any of Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the betting for the champ for the champion hurdle, right? You got one to two Constitution Hill, you got Imperial Pass. I think best price around six to one, and then you get eight to one State Man, and then you get a load of horses that won't run in it. So, yeah, Paddy, we've got a great horse at the top of this market. Potentially got another great one in in second in the betting, but you know, without Willie Mullins, this would be a dire race and at the same time probably only four or five runners now that won't happen in a champion head or something a few will, will take their chance there because get a day out and you know anything can happen at the front end but uh we've, we've got a great party but we don't probably have a great division sadly no we don't and i think that's probably the bulk of the reason why constitution hill is still in this division because they couldn't see a young 
up and coming sort that could dethrone him or even probably push him this year. Yeah. Um, the one thing you probably could say is there's going to be as much pressure as there was on this poor horse last year. Imagine the pressure that's going to be on him, on him every time he turns up this time because people are straight away assuming that he's just going to be on default system the whole way through the season and just win, win, win because they've taken the supposed easy route um, this kind of way. But thankfully, as you say, Imperial Pass is still around. Very, very capable performer. But me personally, I mean, I think for him to be seen at his best, probably once plenty of cut in the ground. Um, and if he was to come up against Constitution Hill on reasonable ground, I think I know which one I'd always be backing every day of the week. But yeah, there's going to be huge pressure on Constitution Hill. And, you know, it's not going to be a very enjoyable watch for connections all season, lads, because, you know, it's 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 just a supposed given that this horse is going to just sweep up all year. So that's interesting. And Ruby is highlighted, hasn't he, that he has noticed a chink in this horse's armour a bit deeper in the yeah. season last year. So, you know, and I always, I know I refer to Ruby quite a bit, but I just think he's a great observer reads a race obviously extremely well so probably a point taken on board you know yeah um you kind of have to hope there's a chink and then and then the kind of the, you know the glorified love racing guy in me goes well i hope there isn't a chink and he just keeps winning he's going the isterbrack route of mopping up champion hurdles um nothing wrong with that um i think if i was the owner i would have done the same thing but yeah okay um let's talk about the stayers um demo you said it was as mucky and dark as it could possibly be. Tiupu is uh, top of that market and Pera Pass is, is <laughs> next there. Then Marie's Rock yeah. and then, yeah, like there isn't, yeah, something has to come out of the clouds. But Tiupu probably should have won last year's stairs hurdle and maybe it, we're just looking at, you know, maybe the market's got it right. Maybe Tiupu just mops them up this year. Yeah, yeah, but you're like, you know, if the ground comes up good, then he's, or good to soft, obviously it won't come up good again, then he won't. Um... It just, yeah, it's just, it's a division I just don't get, you just can't get excited about. Um, like, Sider Burley winning it last season was just phenomenal at the age of 11, in fairness to him. Um, it's just funny, isn't it? Because Time Hill, had they probably kept him over hurdles, he, that was probably the, the best chance he'll ever have. He ever would have had a winning one. Um, because, again, he's running on Sunday. But, yeah, yeah look, it, it's kind of not thing. I mean, look, the horse that I'd be following through for the season, if the division stayed the way it is, would be Blazing Cal. I just thought that, that he actually ran better than it looked. I thought they did the really rush his prep going into that race last year. So to finish sixth and travel the way that he did... Um, until that mistake kind of was a three out or four out, four out. Um, he, he, he deserves an awful lot of praise, but yeah, Dean, it's a division that I'd be waiting now for the Thursday, but 3 PM and I'd be placing a bet then. <laughs> Blazing Cal is 25 to one. Uh, you mentioned time Hill, and I can't not talk about stairs without mentioning time Hill. I mean, Florin Porter had gone chasing a couple of seasons ago. Time Hill would definitely have picked up one of these races, but uh, he's 33 to one and running in a, in a, well, potentially a trial for it at the weekend. Paddy, it's time Hill's year. Well, would you believe it, Dino? I was lucky enough that was one of the yards I visited during the summer was Hobbsies, and I got to see yeah. your favourite in the flesh, your horse that absolutely routes everything at Newbury. You, who, who are we talking about? Your, Time Hill. No, not Time Hill. Your other mate who you never desert. Uh, Hobbsies, yeah. Yeah. 
This uh, division is terrible. Looks like they've nailed their colours now back to hurdles, I assume. I mean, I don't know, but um, 33 to 1? Yeah, I think it's maybe looking that way, isn't it? But do you know what, Dino? I wouldn't be surprised to see them change their mind at some point. Uh, yeah, I, exactly. I'd say they're just feeling their way a little bit. One thing I would say is I came away from having been at that yard. I mean, I think it was about July time, so obviously there wasn't much action going on, but they did have all their jumpers back in doing a bit. I'll tell you what they have done. They've invested very well. They've got plenty of Irish pointers um, brought over and, you know, without spending eye-water and money, I was very, very impressed with Johnson White. Never met the guy before and proper, proper good, solid operator. So, and we've seen them at... Wing Canton the other day, another one that they'd gotten from the Irish point of view, Lowry's Bar, and they absolutely smashed him five minutes before the off. And this is a horse who looked a little bit one pace in a point to point, and he pops up and wins over two mile round Wing Canton on his first mm. run over hurdles. So it probably shows you the sort of form that that yard are in at the minute. The strike rate is really, really good for the Hobbs team at the minute. So for now, I would definitely have them on side and yeah, I'd be really looking forward to seeing Time Hill come back, but I certainly wouldn't be nailing my colours to the mass that they're going to stick hurdling. I reckon that they'll feel their way through the early part of the season and, and suss out maybe how deep the opposition is and, and wouldn't absolutely knock me over if I seen this fella maybe try chasing again. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he can either be brilliant or very average. So, uh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, the, the, you've got you've got horses in that division, like sort of Side de Berle, Marie's Rock, Home by the Lee, who was obviously on a lot of people's radar last year, uh, didn't come together at the festivals. Like, but and and Gaelic Warrior, who they say is going to go um, chasing, obviously, but. If you were to throw him into the market, he's, he's probably favourite, around 5-1. to one. So lots can change in that division. The only other uh, one to kind of mention here is probably the Mayor's Hurdle division. And that looks like uh, Lossy Mouth and Ashro Diamond, Gallimard. So, I mean, it's not bad, is it? Love Envoy's in there. Cousin Rain is in there. Uh, Lucia, who will be out at the weekend as well. Um, now, that's arguably the most competitive demo. Yeah, serious. Serious division altogether. That's another one where you, you, you'd kind of like Lossy Mouth does look very, very good and the performances that she put in. But again, you just have to wait and see how strong was the division overall because, you know, we just don't know yet. But still looked looked proper and she's just a, a seriously, seriously good horse. Um, the one that I would be swaying towards still at the moment, though, um, and I really like this horse. I think she should have won the Mayor's Novice Hurdle last year is um, Magical Zoe. Dean. Mm. I, I thought with a different ride. Different ride, she wins that Mayor's Novice Hurdle. It, it is as simple as that. Um, at a 20 to 1 or so. I just think she's a big price considering the horses ahead of her. But, you know, lost him out Gallimard. So they are the top two for me. I know Astro Diamond is there, but I'd have lost him out Gallimard. So clear of that. And then you'd be looking down. But I, I do like Magical Zoe. And I think she'll stay a decent price because Henry de Bromwich will do his trick where he targets her probably working back from that now. Um, and uh, thing. But 20 to 1 or so, I do like Magical Zoe in this division. But um, I'd be lying if I said that 
lost him out didn't just look really, really impressive last year, though. Sure, 100%. Um, Magical Zoe is a very good shout uh, to highlight in that market because, you know, lots, is gonna, lots are going to change. This is just a great example. I don't want to get into the big debate about it, but if that race wasn't existing, some very good mares would be in the other races. Um, but, you know, the mares division is becoming something in its own right, Paddy. They've got there, haven't they, with all the... Um, the schedule changes, the money they've put into the program, um, they are getting competitive stuff now at the festival. Yeah, very, very deep races. And, and I suppose you've got to look at it from the angle of even owners and breeders going forward. You know, this is yeah. uh, the golden ticket for some of them. You know, they can get this nice black type jumping next to their their mayor's form book. It's, it's, um, it's a bit of a given, really. But... I think that the mayor from Harry Fry's, I've always loved Love Envoie, uh, yeah. which she is very, to be at her absolute best, I think she needs to be getting her toe right in. But for a mayor who stays well and does want deep ground, she's also quite a strong traveller. So she's got plenty of things in her favour. And we've seen already that Harry Fry, another yard I was lucky enough to pop into, very, very interesting guy, He's got a very strong team to go at this year, does the job properly and fantastic to have that man, uh, Johnny Burke, back in the plate. And they've gotten off to a good start and it'll be interesting to see what plans to have for Love Envoi this time round. I thought ran an absolute screamer at the festival last year off the back of a hack canter race, which wouldn't have suited her, um, but is, as I say, quite dependent where, to have the mud flying, I think, to be seen at her absolute best. Fair and obviously that race comes on the Tuesday, so you need the weather to play ball uh, in the run up to it rather than the racing uh, to play ball, which often means you get poorer ground as the as the week develops. But yeah, Love Envoy definitely in the mixer. Uh, Lossy Mouth looks so good last year. If you imagine if she stepped forward, um, it's going to be a tough division for the rest. Um, okay, why don't we talk about some of the novice hurdlers that you might be excited about for the year? All the talk pre kind of you know kickoff to the season is about Ballyburn and and you know you get some voices connected voices this is saying they go supreme some saying they go Ballymore uh, the only one they can't go for is the triumph but you wouldn't be surprised to see it in the Grand National the way they're all talking about it damn it yeah and even last season because you know I used to write the uh Brian Hayes piece with him and he said that that because uh, obviously he lives with Patrick Mullins and Patrick Mullins used to come home and he just said afterwards he was raving about Ballyburn, he said he, he just absolutely adored him. So look, he's one that's very interesting. It didn't go to Cheltenham because the owner didn't want to, um, but would have been right up up the very top of his list. He would have ridden Ballyburn by all accounts, um, right? Had he been allowed to, um, that apparently this this horse is just very very good. But it's just very hard to know with like Willie Mullins. Like I was going through it all today, and even like you know Mercury was a a very decent bumper horse of theirs and came out last season and kind of flopped but has been given another year he could be one that could improve out of nowhere there's just so many there that um, I don't try and break them apart at this stage you know because even Gayard uh, the main the year that he finished second to Bob Ollinger Dean he you know nobody was talking about him at the start of that season um, you know he emerged out as the the best of their kind of they're Ballymore horses. Um, so it's just at this time of the year, like I do sit in it, the, the, the talk hasn't died in Ballyburn, which is obviously very interesting. But there's just so many of them. And speaking of Mercury, he was he beat a filly um, called Tiger Bay Queen, who's actually the only one that I've backed so far um, of all the novices. And she's in the Mayor's Novice Hurdle. Uh, Tiger Bay Queen. You might have been there that day, and actually she won unbelievably well in a bumper at Fairy House. Uh 
at Easter time. I'm normally uh, back in the car uh, by then, Dermo. Yeah, yeah, you are, fair enough. Yeah, but now, <laughs> now with JP, just won this at 11 to 1, but won it so easy. And Peter Fahey was a brilliant trainer. He said after the race, she's very, very good and she's different gravy over a hurdle. Um, she'd won a schooling hurdle by about a, like, a, like literally a hurdle, apparently. Um, um, he said this himself after the race. She's really, really good. Uh, I'd be shocked if there's a better filly out there uh, in that novice division than her. Um, and she's 16 to 1 for the Mayor's Novices hurdle. Weirdly, we tend to get involved in this race more than we should for some reason. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, she's the one that I'm really excited about. I loved her last season. I watched it back last night. And it, it's just, it just takes my breath away the way. Jamie Codd is just so confident turning in and Tiger Bay Queen, she hammers a very decent field. Um, and Peter Fay really fancied her that day. She was kind of backed in 2-11 to 1 uh, in a very deep field. So she's the only one I've backed Tiger Bay, Tiger Bay Queen in the Mayor's Novices. But again, of course, then there's others. Captain Teague ran a, a seriously good race in that champion bumper last year. Um, and then one darker one maybe for the, the Albert Bartlett is that Gordon Elliott, he eventually has to win this race. You know, he's had so many Albert Bartlett horses <laughs> through, through all the years that eventually won. But Stellar Story looked like a massive bold winning over two miles and he was winning in spite of himself. He just looked to me like one of those, like what you were saying about Fact the File, Dean, as well. One of these bumper horses that was just arguably too too slow to be in a bumper, but was good enough that they were just, yeah. you know, being brought up to the front of it. Uh, Stellar Story was that, was kind of winning in spite of himself, but he looks like one that'll that'll just be a really good horse over a fence in time. But um, hurdles first of all. So Ballyburn, Captain T, Stellar Story, but the only one that I've backed, Dean, is... Tiger Bay Queen and I absolutely love her uh, in that division. Could be a start of a new honeysuckle story on the race hour that I'll have to go and pay attention to it first though before I can uh, commit myself to the same charge. Um, <laughs> fair play, Dermo. Um, okay. I mean, Paddy, I come to you, right? You've got you've got Ballyburn, you've got the likes of a dream to share. I was very disappointed. Not disappointed at all, actually. I was um, very excited to see that Factor Files just skipping uh, hurdling and going straight over fences because that's the Florida Pearl style esque route I'd love them to take. Uh, it does take one of the good ones out from last year out of the novice hurdle, uh, Nixer, of course. Uh, what, what do you make of the Thomas? You didn't pop into Willie Mullins's yard over the summer, did you? No, just stayed this side of the water, Dino, but there's no doubt uh, I certainly would have. I could pop up anywhere, me, if I'd have been over that neck of the woods. But um, just looking through, Dermo's already mentioned. Captain Teague for yeah. Paul Nichols. Now, obviously, Tom Malone buys the bulk of the horses, doesn't well, de- definitely tends to buy the bulk uh, of horses of this nature, the Irish pointers, to, to send them to ditch it. And th- this was the horse that he earmarked. And you think out of the amount of pointers that he goes up and down the country looking at in Ireland, and this was top of the tree for him. And I think he looked raw enough the other day when he made his debut um, over hurdles at Chepstow. So there, there could be any amount of improvement with him. And I've also got to give one a mention for the North. And I've mentioned it to him, to you guys before as well, was Nicky Richards, Florida Dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, he had that entry bumper form franked again at the weekend. I, I just honestly, I remember when I seen this horse win on debut at Musselburgh, he just shouldn't have won, uh, lads. You know, the position he came from and the turn of foot he showed, you know, for a National Hunt bred bumper horse, I just thought it was it was borderline freakish. And, you know, he's backed that up since. Obviously, we've not seen him jump a hurdle in public and trained by 
the man he is Nicky Richards this fella isn't going to be overburdened with runs this time round so I think he could be very very interesting and and, and one to follow going forward and surely he can't be far off making his, his seasonal return Love it. Florida dreams there for Nicky Richards. Uh, Paddy, I had a question for you, right? So the Morions are obviously the Ballymore crowd and the Ballymore hurdle. Um, you know, they, I think they won it with City Island before. They've got, do you remember the bumper horse from last year, Irish Panther? Mm-hmm. I thought he ran in some pretty hot heats, likes of Ballyburn, likes of Factorfile. Um, I think actually went a favourite to beat Ballyburn in the bumper they're running. Um, Ballymore makes sense, 50 to 1 chance. Is this a good as horse as I think it might be? I think he is, you know, Dino. I think the thing about Irish Panther was he was a hard horse probably for Derek O'Connor to ride because he was a little bit of a forward goer. So first plan A always with him was to try and get him to switch off and relax through his race. But then at times, you know, when they managed to do that, He's almost just got caught a bit flat-footed when, you know, they're not trying to ride him cold or anything, but they're just trying to get him to relax. But that said, I mean, to say this horse still hasn't won a race, he has run Mm. some absolute screamers and obviously in very, very deep company. And I don't think that they'll rush this horse along. Um, I mean, he, he was definitely unlucky on his final start, wasn't he, behind Walk Away Harry? Um, But... He is a horse who, who does put plenty into his races. There's an awful amount of ability there. And I'll be honest, I haven't heard how he's how he's schooled or how he's how he's operating. But yeah, that wouldn't be the worst shout at all because although you look at his at his record, he's not from three. He's run some absolute screamers and, and um it's gonna be very interesting to to see where he goes and, and how he actually shapes at a hurdle. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if he can get to within similar distances or do a little bit better this year than he did last year in bumpers, he's right in the mix across any of these big novice races. So uh, I will be keeping an eye on Irish Panther and see what they do. Maybe the fairy house meeting or something like that would be interesting. If he were to pop up, keep an eye out for that one. Okay, um, any handicap hurdlers to follow? I must give a shout out to uh, Jamie Benson, of course, regular on the podcast last season, and uh, and Colonel Mustard went to a few dances and, uh, you know, they'll be, they'll be obviously out and about it again Cam Prond is out this weekend Dermo one of my favourites obviously not uh, not probably not for this weekend um, but the handicap hurdle division I mean you can't just go oh we'll wait for Langadan to run at the festival can you uh, no unfortunately <laughs> that that uh, that horse broke our hearts remember this the state man and Langerdan doubles the uh, they, were, they, were, they were going all over the place um, the, I have two that I really like uh, first one is just I'll be all over this horse whenever this horse reappears because I, I just think there is definitely a big aim in him and this is a comfort zone of mm. uh, Joseph O'Brien's uh, beat scriptwriter over Cheltenham. You, I, I think we were very confident on scriptwriter in that race and um, yep. put that horse away very easily. Um, like it, in the end, looked a real proper, looked rarely like a national hunt type taking on a load of flat horses that day, if that makes sense. It was just very kind of thing. I just did that really well. Um, and has just kind of kicked on ever since. Sorry, it then kind of didn't kick on ever since because it was left off. But before that, uh, I'd finished third behind the aforementioned last time out, had beaten Jazzy Matty, who obviously went on to frank that form, no end at the Shelton Festival. There's just plenty of form from that that um, 
juvenile division. And then last time out, came out at Leperstown off a flat mark of 86, which is no laughing matter, obviously. And came out and finished two and a half lengths behind Satin, who's a very good mayor of, uh, a very good filly, sorry, of... Um, of Jessica Harrington's and really should have won that day. Uh, Declan McDonough and um, Comfort Zone had no luck at all. Was just ended up on the wrong side of the track. Just a really, really good run. Now rated eighty nine. Interestingly, Irish hurdle mark of one hundred and thirty two. Despite all of that, so uh, there is just a hundred percent has to be a few hurdles in this race uh, off that mark. And then the other one, Dean, is a uh, risk bell. Another juvenile stepping up, but she'd be four years old running in handicaps as well. Um, has uh, was fancied at the DRF, uh, fell, finished third in the Boodles, which was an absolutely huge effort. Um, could have been closer as well, really, but for an error, one afterwards, but is still only rated 134. Um, so Risk Bell is another one, both for JP. So Comfort's on Risk Bell. They're the two handicap hurdlers. Um, obviously, our champ, but I'll talk more about him him later on but the two horses that I see on marks that I think are going to strike when they come out will be comfort zone and risk building fair enough thank you uh, Paddy I mean all the usual suspects are going to be right prominent in the in the handicap hurdlers this season anything that was um, you know thought maybe left the pot behind last year and go and pick it up this year or anything we should see coming out novice company that's going to be pretty exciting well, I think he's already made a return this time round but he's a horse who doesn't hit the track very often was Kerry Lee's Namin Lion. Mm, very good. You know, this is a horse who certainly when he was bought by Connections in the early days as a flat horse, they, they would have had big plans for him, but that didn't develop. And he looks very good value um, so far for Kerry Lee. I think she does a great job of training this horse because he's obviously fragile, but very talented, but you're just not able to go to the well too often with him. Um, he looked very good on his return. And in the process, landed a really nice pot and I mean as long as the wheels stay on you know chances are Namin Lion because you don't get many bullets to fire with him chances are he's going to turn up and run his race each time he he could certainly be one to to follow and I thought another horse who I've just got a real liking for and um he made um a winning return this time as well was Rabot for Paul Nichols Yep. He looked as good as ever on his return and done that off a mark of 141. And I mean, without being an absolute standout, I mean, Rabaud now, he is only a five-year-old. Um, I just think there could still be a little bit of room to manoeuvre, albeit the handicapper was just equally as pressed with that return. And he is now already up to a mark of 150, but probably deservedly so. Fair enough, fair enough. Rabaudi, of course, um, already good on return. There was only one horse I really wanted to throw into the mix amongst all the usual favourites that I'll no doubt talk about on this podcast as we go through uh, the season was Takao, who pretty much went off favourite for every decent race uh, that it entered, including stuff like the Boodles. Then when the Punchestown was favourite there, I thought they were going to go in the Galway hurdle, but they ended up going in one of the handicaps there and unseated. Um, yeah, I'm sure they'll find uh, plenty of fun off 133, which is what's currently on. Get up to mid-140s and go win a big pot. But uh, yeah, that's hardly going to be rocket science, that. That's in the JP McManus colours, of course. Uh, watch the colour <laughs> of the cat. We have uh, a lot of JPs there, as, shock, as expected. Shock horror. Yeah, yeah. A, he doesn't just train the grade ones. He farms all the 
handicaps as well because he's got too many of them. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Um, well, I enjoyed that. All right, we went through some of the hurdlers there. We'll get straight stuck into the uh, the week ahead after this break. And welcome back to the race hour. Of course, brought to you with our friends at gambling.com this season. Uh, Dermot Nolan is here. Paddy Aspel is here. I'm Dean Ryan. And we're going to take a look at the week ahead uh, for the race. And this weekend, we've got Ascot and Weatherby on the cards. Uh, God willing, with the weather, of course, plenty of places getting battered around the country. May even be able to throw in a Paddy Power Cork Grand National uh, at Cork if they can survive the weather. I see on the racing post calling it yielding to soft there. I reckon that someone had to dive down <laughs> six foot underwater to see what the ground was like that far down. Um, so we'll find out I, I do like one in it so I hope it goes ahead uh, let's get straight stuck into the 1.30 Ascot that's the first race up uh, for our discussion it's a, a novice handicap chase there often throws up a decent horse here are you wise to that along with passing well top of the market around 92.4-1 and it's quite tight there because Hamino AA and Cruise Control all in there around the same price uh, I don't have a fancy in here Dermo if you can find a winner of this you're better than me uh, tough, tough race, but um, yeah, it, it's it's. Sorry, just finding my notes there. Yeah, so um, <laughs> yeah, a, a very open race. I, I, I got lost there. So yes, one thirty to ask it. Obviously, it's look, it's a it's a very open race, but I like Sir Psycho here. Dean off one hundred twenty seven at um, a twelve to one was fifth in a triumph hurdle. In a former life, I know, as you like know the well. Horses, exactly the horse is seven now, right? And only now have you come round to the idea that maybe Sasaiko can win a race. You could be the time when they need to get stuck. And he's gone to Harry Durham. He's gone to Harry Durham. That's pretty much the reason why yeah. uh, I, I'm kind of interested in him here. I think this horse has kind of went stale at Paul Nichols. Not that that's his fault. I'd say this was Paul Nichols' idea to move this horse over there. Paul does that. Mm. Um, but I just think he's very well weighted off this mark with the raw potential that is there. Harry Durham's operating off a 25% strike rate so far in his career. It's a serious, serious start to life there in that yard. Um, he was always, Harry Durham always just struck you as being a really intelligent guy as well. It, it was always going to go well for him. Um, he just really did smack you as that, whatever uh, media appearances that you kind of see from him. He, he just knew what he was at. And that's kind of very obvious about how well his yard has started. He's getting a horse like this of 127. It's a bit of a dream to get a horse with that level of ability off that mark. Um, and just, yeah, a horse that finished fifth in the triumph like that uh, in a very open race like this with a new trainer, new yard, everything else. Yeah, I do like the 12 total about Sir Psycho, he could flop, but at those odds, Dean, I'm very happy to find out. 100%. I mean, I would be backing him anyway in a race where I don't fancy anything and a horse that owes me plenty of money was always going to carry a little bit more of it. That's, <laughs> that's a fact. Um, Paddy, do you like Sir Psycho? Well, definitely the trainer switch up uh, is very interesting. And to be honest, because some of the facts that Derma was alluding to there, probably plenty of these Harry Durham horses are going to be a little bit overbet. He can't win with them all. But there's no doubt he's a fantastic young trainer. And obviously he's moved yards now, hasn't he? So it will be really cool to see how he how he gets on. And just fantastic how, how much of a shot in the arm he's given Paul O'Brien's career. You know, he's mm. stuck by him. And, and Paul O'Brien has shown when he's been given the opportunities, he's plenty capable enough. And this horse has gotten out the winning habit. So if Harry Durham can get him back winning at the first time of asking, it just again highlights the young man's talents but I thought this was interesting I mean there's plenty of upside to the favourite here boys are you wise to that but honestly 
I, I really do think that I'm I'm guessing the whole time when it comes to Castle. I really can't nail them down ever. Um, so I tend to try and pass them over when yeah. I can, unless the horse is called Mombeg Genius. Um, Hermino <laughs> A for Gary Moore. I just think Gary's horses at the minute, they're just not rocking and rolling, maybe fitness-wise, form-wise, health-wise, whatever it is. They're just not there yet. So I'll I, same again, be patient and, and leave them alone. But a fella who really has come out of the blocks is Joe Tizard with his winter crew. And I thought Scarface could be the way to go here. First time over fences. He won at Ascot on his second run back last year. He won his first two last year. And then he pulled up and it looked like maybe the handicapper was completely in charge. But he actually ran pretty well his next three starts. Albeit, it still did look the case that the handicapper was in charge. And obviously, he's got to improve again of one, two, six. But he'll possibly do that, the six-year-old, for jumping a fence. Joe Tizar has been absolutely flying of Lady the Kraken weekend. Even trained a bumper winner at Aintree the other day. And Joe Tizar doesn't mm. really train bumper winners. Another yard I went to during the summer as well, boys. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a proper guy, proper guy, Joe Tizard, real grafter, keeps life and everything very, very simple and basic. And these horses, are, are they're worked hard well looked after and a really really good outfit and and had the pleasure also of meeting the legend Colin Tizard so I'm going to go with Scarface here at the first time of asking off a mark of 126 love it vote for Scarface there uh, the two tentative nods for Sasaiko as well uh, but you make a good case there Paddy Brendan Powell we're doing the steering on Scarface currently around 6-1 to one, uh, for that opener the 130 well not the opener on the card now the first race we've discussed the 130 at Ascot on Saturday Paddy I'll give you first crack at the 205 at Ascot right this band group handicap chase always decent um, Boot Hill is in here Red Rookie was going to run last week and he pulled it out Saint Segal for Jane Williams you've got Frere Darms you've got Funambul at Civola Captain Mata first flow at 11 years old still running off 158 uh, is in there at double figures Kel Dastan and one of our old favourites The Last Day is in there you cannot find a better nine for this I think this is very very intriguing um, and you know open market 4-1 the top yeah this is a cracker and a real good pot as well Dino 57 grand to the winner yeah. here but we've got some proper good yardstick I mean the likes Jane Williams is sense of gal still only a five year old had a wind up. Jane did have a winner the other day. I do find that Janes do tend to improve for a run. They tend to be a little bit fresh first time up, so I'd maybe pass him over. First flow, you know what you're going to get here from Dave Bass, don't you? Pedal to the metal, even with 12 stone. Yep. You know, they've got to try and run him down, and he he certainly runs this track very, very well. Venetia, she's already out of the blocks, isn't she? She had a winner. Seen that, yeah. Checks out the other day, and this chap, he's had his win done as well so when when venetia tends to get rolling obviously i know it's 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 she does get pigeonholed but when the mud is flying she's always one to have on side but i think boot hill is the interesting one here for harry fry he appears when you look at his overall record that maybe he's not been the easiest to keep the wheels on either but he's making his return here off a mark of 149 boot hill i just think he's a very capable performer when he puts it all together he's not been out of the money at two starts on the track and johnny burke the man on top he's got a cracking record on this horse and he won't have any bother with the ground trip um there's plenty of upside to this fella and his overall chase record is pretty good and very very tight contest this i think you could have a few goes at it but i'd probably come down on boot hill if he's revved and ready to go on his return here 
Yeah, I love him. I have to say, I, I was very keen to see Red Rookie run at the weekend, um, and obviously they've 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 ditched that for, for I guess what they think is um, is the right pot and maybe a bit better ground here. Um, but Boot Hill would be top of my list. He's top of the market, Demo. Would you row in row in as well? Uh, no, no, I, I'm very, very conf- uh, confident, really. Yeah, Ooh. on Fundam Bulls of all, I, I just think he's a cracking price at eight to one. Um, Vinicius Williams has won this race three times in the last fifteen years. Kind of forgetting that the horse, like, had a difficult year last year, but still managed to, to win a race of 155, beating Licks here at the nuts. Is down to 156 now. Uh, this was a horse that finished second in the Champion Chase behind an Urjamin. Um, I mean, just obviously ended up just then way out of his his depth really last season, but that, that's still kind of, in my opinion, is relatively fair enough. You know, he was behind the likes of John Bon and Urshmin, uh Edward Stone, etc. Just serious, serious uh, level that that he found himself in. He's back down to 156 now with that with that wind up. Uh, Venetia Williams already rolling. Um, yeah, I, I really, really like this horse. I don't mind a horse giving weight away as well when they're as good as he is. Um, like, he's give weight all around, but he, like, he's given seven pounds to Boot Hill and I think off-level weights, uh, I know, I think for, they he, Boot Hill wouldn't have a hope. Uh, so especially, like, even getting seven pounds as well, I, I, I'd be very confident. So, yeah, no, across the board, eight to one Funnables of Oladin. Uh, I really, really like him. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fun and Bill Savola, a, a confident fancy for Damon Olin there uh, to to tackle Boot Hill. I mean, what what I can say about that race, and I said it already, is that it's a fantastic nine where you can make cases for plenty. If you want to go deep into the form and go back a few years, you'll put a few of the older ones at the top of this. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a belter. It's a really good card here. The three fifteen at Ascot Demo. Um, I've got to come to you first. You napped it last week. Is our champ going to win again? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, kind of went up. What our champ went up eleven pounds uh, for last week, which is fair. But Freddie Gordon now can claim five, so if effectively this horse is only up nine. Uh, bumping into some decent horses, like giving plenty of weight there to, to rare Middleton. Uh, great to see Bryony Frost back up on a decent Saturday mount as well. She's been a long time now where she's like her strike rate's actually phenomenal the the last season or so, but just her number of rides has very visibly dropped uh, mm. quite dramatically. But Paul. Paul Nichols can't be criticised for that. He's always, always supported her. Um, but our champ for me here, Dean, I just I thought that performance last weekend was brilliant. Um, even better than I kind of thought he, he was going to do. I got worried two out. Um, he was going very well, but I just thought Black Poppy was finding her way through the field. And, you know, you'd kind of... Uh, like Sabali Geary, but even Great Bear, the Irish handicap hurdler, was was there and ready to, uh, to strike for... And then he just kicked. It was just so easy at the end as well then. So £11 is more than fair. Uh, Chris Gordon said afterwards that during the week, um, our champ worked alongside um, Oakenrisk and our champ hammered him. And Oakenrisk, uh, he won a great two last year. Yeah. Um, so our our champ, if he's up to that level, is up to winning. Uh, now, albeit not a great two that you'd be putting on in Ireland probably, but still a great two. A mark of 128 should be well within... The, uh, this horse's compass, especially when you're to see Freddie Gordon claiming another five pounds off. So yeah, look at four to one. Um, 
I'll still be backing up at that price deal again. Yeah. Why not? Owes you nothing after last week. Big price into a shorter price, obviously, beating off back Black Poppy. And we'll be favourite for this off the back of that. Uh, Paddy, what did you like in that 315? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Chris Gordon, he won this race as well last year. And I'd say Freddie was very lucky. It was his birthday the other day. He probably won a bit far, Dermo, didn't he? Yeah, definitely, definitely, hundred <laughs> percent. He was told to keep it simple, but he kept it way too simple. Yeah, didn't exactly. <laughs> but I think you know there are two, one or two of the stables runners appear to be taking a run, but a few of them have gone in first time as well. And there's no doubt he's he's obviously a horse um, in a good place at the minute. But I thought Altabelli was interesting here. Another Harry Fry runner. I know he was very very ordinary on his last appearance behind in the pocket where probably just went with the choke out a little bit that day. It's unfortunate for Brian Carver. He's lost the ride on this horse because, you know, he's never looked the most straightforward and, and so far jumping hurdles. This fella is far from a natural, but I think there's a huge, huge engine in there. This fella went straight into the notebook, a fella who I work with quite a bit. Andy Holding, he said after this horse won at Exeter on, on debut, that the number that this horse clocked up that day meant that he was a proper one. But unfortunately, he just isn't a complete natural over hurdles. But that said, he is two from three over obstacles, so certainly can't knock him that much. But as you would expect, Johnny Burke now gets the leg up on this fella. And I'd imagine Connections have absolutely tried to hammer home the point of getting from A to B over an obstacle with this horse because it's going to improve this horse no end if his technique gets a little bit better. And I just think there's wiggle room off that one three one, providing his technique is better and he just has more of a cut and he just saves petrol throughout the race because he's big and he's awkward and you know it just um it just does use up precious energy on the way around. But I'll take Altabelli here if he is better on his feet at the weekend albeit this is a pretty deep starting point and probably worth keeping an eye on the horse right down at the bottom maybe not the best horse in this race chance of tune but because he's still so well handicapped from from a yard they're absolutely flying with James Turner on board wouldn't let him go loose maybe without a quid or two each way but looking forward to seeing Altabelli on, on Saturday Fair play, Paddy. Yeah, Altabelli, good case made. Johnny Burke taking over, of course, from Brian Carver for Harry Fry. Um, I do think that this is hot. Like, I think everything in here um, has got potential uh, moving forward, as you would expect. Plenty of young stock in here. Bad, I thought was interesting. Uh, you might remember it was smashed up for its um, UK debut for um, the team. And um, in the boodles behind Jazzy Matty, and I, I thought it ran okay, lost a shoe that day. And then ran behind Blue King Doro, who's already gone in and won. And that was almost like a little look-see where they're at. I don't think they were too busy that day. Keelan Woods on board for Ben Pauling. That'll be double figures. But you can make a case for plenty here. Damo's gone back in again on our champ. Uh, Paddy lights out to belly. And I might chance bad against them, albeit I know there's plenty of good ones in here. Okay, we'll move on to the 340. Uh, 345, I should say, at Ascot. And this is the Sodexco Gold Cup. Always a big betting heat. Uh, a cracking field in um, in store here. Monbeg Genius. You mentioned him already, Paddy. Um, does he just kick off his season here with a win for John Joe? Well, I, th- I think he's an absolute monster, this fella, Dino. But honestly, I just wish he had a different postcode. Um, Monbeg Genius. Because, I mean, that race now at Cheltenham, the form of that race, it couldn't look much better, mm. could it? Um, and to be honest, for a horse of his experience, he had no business travelling around in a red-hot handicap the way he did that day. And to be honest, 
he ended up probably on the job sooner than John Joe probably would have liked because he just had a little bit of a target on his back, albeit he still ran a screamer, um, national winner, obviously the winner, and then uh, finishing bang upsides just about fast or slow. So it's it's serious, serious form. Um, now, he did take a run first time back last year, and he was very disappointed on his return. So I'm going to leave him this time and go Beauport. Um I do quite like Beauport. He's another one. He can be a little bit over-enthusiastic doing this job, but I think when he puts it together, there is a massive, massive engine in there. And this yard in particular, we've seen again at the weekend, lads, they just keep things very, very simple. They get these horses fit and they just run them from the, the Twist and Davis outfit. And I mean, if he isn't too over-exuberant on his return, not been seen for 203 days because he ended up on the floor last time. So he's got to put that behind him as well. But still early days, I think, for a Beauport over fences. We've only seen him five times, albeit he's only won once. But he did win on his return last time. So that's probably what's just done it for me. So I'll take Beauport and hope he can continue to improve and overcome that return mark of 142. Yeah, I love this horse, Paddy. I thought he was a. I thought he was going to be a good thing at Cheltenham. Unfortunately, I think they went for the race. I didn't want him to go for uh, behind Angels Angels Dawn at Cheltenham. I think they could have gone for something like the old teamer. Um, Beauport obviously has an entry in the Coral Gold Cup, and I do think they'll take it up if they go and if they go and win this. And I've not dropped up yet, so not no guarantee that they are going to go here and not go straight um, off for the old Hennessy. But Beauport definitely on my radar. I think you should take on Mombay Genius first time up, especially at those prices. Although Beauport short enough already, Dermo, you can find something deeper maybe. Yeah, I'm going to call this uh, top weight Saturday because uh, I really Ooh. like Eldorado Allen here as well. Um, so him and Fun and Bulls have all announced an each way double. Um, it makes an awful lot of sense. The case for Elder Allen's quite simple. Uh, Freddie Gingell's a, a very good jockey. I, I think he's Joe Tizard's um, nephew. Um, I think you know, he, he knows the air very well. He rides down in Paul Nichols as well. He, he's, he's a very able young jockey. Um, but basically, the case is it, it is quite simple. He runs off his lowest mark since winning the Halden Gold Cup in 2021. Very, very capable condition as I said he's the class act in this race and he's well capable of giving weight around um, Moonbeg Genius when I heard John Joe Neal on the TV sounded like he, he definitely would need it um, Beauport a very talented horse but I'd like I prefer to see Sam on board now for one like him he's, he, he's, he's not as sure of himself I find that Sam Twiston Davis really fills a horse full of confidence he's a brilliant pilot uh, not, not Jordan at a, all Jordan rode him a lot last year um, no, he's a good pilot. Yeah. Sam's only ridden him once. Jordan Ayler, apart from obviously Zach Baker, had to ride him at Cheltenham in the amateur race. But Jordan Ayler has been on every single time except for Sam rode him his second ever run. But apart from that, it's been Ayler. Yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I like again, he's a fine jockey, but I, I just, there's, there's been once or twice last season maybe where I just thought a, a very strong full. Of, I prefer Sam. But it sounds like I'm knocking no, poor look, Jordan Ayler. No, I'm not. I prefer Sam on board as well, Dermo. But I don't. I don't think. That's he, all I don't I'm think saying. he's, a, he's, yeah, a, he's yeah. a big negative. But when Sam is sitting there watching, not. No, I wouldn't mind him jumping yeah. up board. <laughs> no, but seven pounds off a horse as good as Eldorado Allen. Yeah. 
It was only nine. The yard have started so well, Dean. I just think it's uh, it's the common sense pick, in my opinion. Fair enough. El Dorado Allen for Demon Nolan. Uh, Paddy and myself hoping that Mumbai Genius just needs uh, the spin and uh, Bo Pork in a little bit, a nice bit of weight concession. Although the seven pounds off from Freddie Ginger, uh, of course, uh, will give Bo Pork the nod there. Uh, another belting race at Ascot. That card is always one yeah, of my great early card. season yeah. favourites. And I can just go through it with Cliff Horse, Cliff Horse, Cliff Horse, Cliff Horse. Makes it very simple to get started. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, over to Weatherby. Uh, Dam, I'll come to you first. Uh, the 150, uh, Lucia, Luckier, Lucia, Luckier, Lucia is uh, is going to go our favourite there for the mares listed. Um, Katira's in there. You wear it well for Jamie Snowden. In fact, those top three, uh, there is no guarantee what goes our favourite there. There'll be a bit of support around for the others. It's a serious... Um... Again, it's a brilliant weekend of racing. Really, really good weekend. And Weatherby, his card is fantastic as well, um, as it always is. Um, but Lucia, for me, Dean, she's much better than what she showed at Chelem. There was a huge run behind in the pocket. Um, Nikki Henderson, kind of the, the cobwebs are coming off that yard a little bit. Had a great winner last weekend at Cheltenham as well, the handicap hurdle with Highland. Uh, and they got the was trying to stop yeah. him. Yeah. Basically, um, so that yard is starting to think. They've always thought the absolute world of this mare. Uh, she is very, very good. Whatever happened in that mare's hurdle happened, but this has happened a few times with Nikki Henderson. Like Epitant was beating it in the mare's novice hurdle. Uh, you know, it, it just tends to happen. He doesn't overly train him for those days. Um, so she's going to be a much better horse this season, in my opinion. I know the other mares are excellent mares, don't get me wrong, but I think Lucia has a bit of star quality, gets a pound from She Wears It Well, not that that'll matter. Uh, but uh, I, uh, the price is currently anyway, Dean. She's a she's a bet in my opinion. Yeah, two to one. Lucia, nine to four. Katira, you wear it well, three to one, seven to one. But uh, there was talk of this this uh, mayor going for the Supreme last year. They didn't do it, Paddy. And in hindsight, that probably makes sense. But uh, Lucia will top the market here, probably. I think so. Um, I still only a five-year-old as well, lads, Lucia. Yep. Um, she's... She's come back from a serious injury herself, hasn't she? She hasn't been the easiest. So you've got to admire how tough she is. Um, the fact that she hasn't had an untroubled training career. And she won first two times up last year. And there is plenty of upside about her here. But she's in against some crackers here. I mean, you wear it well. Probably one of the toughest mares kicking around the UK last year. We know what they're going to do with her. And she'll wear her heart on her sleeve if she's fit and ready to go. Obviously, Katira loves a bit of cut in the ground, and Dan Skelton's got plenty of previous in this race as well. And I can tell you one thing for an absolute fact. I rode this Lone Star up the gallop the other morning. Couldn't hold one side of it, lads. So that is in, <laughs> that, that, that is in good form. And, and I certainly wasn't planning the sort of fractions that she done, but she's a little bit to do on the book. I probably would be in agreement with Dermo here. We the only thing is for me we're we're guessing a little bit as to maybe where Nikki is with his his, his winter horses so far. Yeah. So you know we, we, you're having a little bit of a stab in the dark in that sense. But James Bowen was back amongst the winners at Chepstow the other day, and he's got a good book of rides up at Weatherby. Let's hope that the weather helps out and gets that meeting on because it could be a good day for James and he deserves a change of look now and hopefully he can kick on and, and just get a bit of a bit of momentum behind him this year. 
Sure, sure thing. All right, Lucia for that 150. Uh, probably going to improve all ends uh, this year after what was you know, impressive and then and then became a little bit disappointed. But it's not that disappointing to do what she did at the back end. Um, we'll see how they get on. Uh, of course, rematch from the, from a couple of races last year. Let's move on to 225. Uh, we've talked about this horse plenty already, uh, Paddy. You think they might go chasing again. But for now, Time Hill likely to go a favourite for this grade two, 225, where they'll be over three miles and hurdles. Yeah, and I suppose I say that, you know, simply because, you know, he's nine year old now. And, you know, yeah. connections, I would guess, are probably just going to see where they are after this year and, and more so than anything, probably assess the opposition further down the line under this discipline. But the start that the Hobbs team have made, because I mean it's no secret, lads, that the, the for a big outfit like that, they've they've just been lacking a few I won't say better ones because they've got the likes of Time Hill, but they've just been lacking the numbers I'd imagine on recent seasons. But I think they've gotten out of the blocks pretty sharp this time round, and I think there's no reason why they're not going to have a cracking season. This man on board, a stable jockey now, Michal Nolan, very, very fine pilot. And although he's actually not top rated here, the the, the Dashel Drasher is four pound higher than Time Hill. But one thing is, we're going to get a proper run race here, aren't we? Because Dashel Drasher, he'll go forward and probably won't be on his own despite only being six runners on the day. But Simply for me, because the start that the Yard have made to their winter campaign, I would be more than happy to be on this all favourite Time Hill. Yep, me too, 100%. And uh, Time Hill probably be favourite for the stayers after the race, Demma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we threw a, threw a bridle on Paddy, we could probably make a case for for Paddy being favourite for that race. But um, it's, yeah, look, it's Time Hill should be winning. I mean, just even the weight alone around the race, getting race, uh, weight from Botak has and being level with the likes of Red Risk while while being rated 11 pounds better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, should, should be winning. Good placement, really good placement, I think. And still odds yeah. against the Time Hill uh, for the 225 at Weatherby. Now, Demo, do you just, you know, put all your, your, your pre-saved Christmas money together and stick it on Time Hill and Brave Man's Game Double? You do, don't you? Straightforward. No, we never would recommend that ever uh, on the Race Hour podcast, uh, Be Gamble Aware, etc. But yeah, Dean, have I'm your bollocks. for no, Christmas no, here. I'm only messing, I'm only messing. Uh, do you, do you <laughs> have your bollocks on this horse. Uh, do you, uh, yeah, look, I, I, I can't wait to see him. I, it's not the kind of race that I get involved in myself ever, Dean, but um, this was the race last year that properly... I wasn't a convert to Brave Man's game. I didn't back him to Gold Cup or anything, but um, he he was a horse that I just kind of didn't see it until I sat down and watched him this day. And I love how soft that he landed over the fences last year in this race. He's just he's just he's exactly what a jumper should be. He's just unfortunate that he bumped into Gallop in the Champs last year, who's just a freak. But um, he's he's an excellent race horse, and I just can't wait to see him. Um, Eight eleven is arguably Dean a very good price, but it's just not something I. It's just not the margins I, I play at. But uh, yeah. he should be winning, Dean. Yeah, it's not a price I punter either. But when you see a hoist in your and this race is not at Aintree and uh, it's got absolutely zero chance, then you see Gentleman's Game. Uh, what is it rated? Almost twenty pounds inferior, and Midnight River, uh, likewise. Eight to eleven. I mean, oh, Paddy. I mean. It was interesting, Nichols, he really put his thinking cap on here. It's hard to know. I mean, he just didn't want to go and empty the guts out of this horse at Haydock, did he? On, you know, proper Haydock ground. But 
you know, I know we've we've only had one meeting at Weatherby so far, but if that meeting gets the go ahead, it's not going to be too pretty round there either, especially for a horse who's so light on his feet like this fella. But I know we only got to see him four times last year, but I think he turned up every time, in fairness, Brave Man's game. Um, He has had his doubters. There's no doubt that people were of the opinion, maybe, um, when the chips were down, what was there with Brave Man's game? Was he a bit of a a bit of an Arsenal sort of flat track bully? But I think he's proved that, that he, he's proved that he, he he's not that. But he is beautiful to watch, isn't he? And and you wouldn't say that about many horses on the way around because you know they're all just jumping from one side of the fence to do, to to the other. But he, he's he's lovely to watch. There's no doubt. Good to see that. Derek Fox, because Derek Fox was actually, he was due to be to be banned, but he got that 10 days overturned so he can ride a high senior here because as good as a horse as he is, I don't think they would have been queuing out the door to ride this fella for Lucinda <laughs> because he's got his own technique, hasn't he, of getting from one side to the other, but huge, huge engine. And fantastic to see the Mouse Morris coming over to West Yorkshire to try and, and nick a few quid. There'll be some Benson and Hedges getting smoked in Weatherby on <laughs> majors man he's all over the majors i reckon yeah 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 100 percent. he'll be doing it that. is major it is major yeah, majors, it is, yeah. It is, it is. i always remember yeah, that yeah. i think i don't know whether it was his his lad tweeted the picture of them packed for cheltenham and it was just a boot full of major cigarettes <laughs> it, was, it was it was the sun yeah yeah no sure isn't it that's that's always the line in Kerry, isn't it that there's uh there's more tar and in a box of majors that and there isn't all the roads in Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, look, um, Brave Man's game going to be very much one of the highlights of the weekend. Of an absolute monster weekend of racing, let's be honest. Some of these are obviously coming back, and we hope they all come back and uh, and do themselves justice. And it's early days. But Brave Man's game, uh, going for that Charlie Hall chase, uh, with you know three decent rivals alongside. I think you could probably blindfold Brave Man's game and he still win that race. Um, so we'll see how they get on. I look forward to it. Look, we've hit the hour on the race hour of course brought to you with gambling.com uh, it's time for anything else from the weekend or uh, well no not or it's an obligatory nap as well to come uh, if they do get cork on royal feath is now with gordon elliott likely to be market leader for that in the Gigginstown colors on that 315 at your uh, cork on uh, sunday in the cork grand national i think he's probably a good thing off 133 but that race has to go ahead and no guarantee it will demo did you have anything else i'd be shocked if cork went ahead yeah really yeah. really I really would, but the card's a brilliant card. I'd really like to see, uh, let's be clear about it, over a fence as well in the race before. Um, and the Cork, the Cork Grand National was where where I was going to go as well. Um, and there's a horse there, first of all, that I absolutely was putting up every year as one to follow walk away. Very oh, yeah. back now, but there's definitely raising him off 130. But I thought Foxy Jacks um, at 8-1 to one for Mouse Morris, there's definitely, uh, he deserves another big, big race like this he he's just always seems to go close in these big handicaps so um he'd be one around eight to one but i'd be shocked if cork did did go ahead they are they are getting bucket and bucket loads of rain uh dean my nap uh for the weekend is the 205 at ascot and it is uh fun and bull savola very good okay taking on something that me and paddy both liked in that race and of course that was boot hill dem has taken on with the nap at funambul savola uh, paddy did you have the best thing of the weekend please or was there anything else well i had one of each really i thought one you know i like to to go um a bit left field one in the novice hurdle the 1240 at weatherby a horse of alan king's called hey brother he's making his debut over hurdles and he was 
only beaten in a point to point in Ireland and then his second run at um I mean he was fourth in a bump around here at Weatherby, but that run behind at Huntington behind the Kemble Brewery, who was seen carried the penalty. Yeah, one of the weekends. Yeah, yeah, Cheltenham. And look, he was nine lengths behind him, but he still finished third and ran pretty well round a track where I'd, I'd imagine he was done for a bit of boot in Huntingdon, stepped up to two and a half mile here on his debut at Weatherby on Saturday. He could be an interesting one, albeit it's a pretty deep race, but it'd be nice to see that race priced up and see where he's at because Alan King has been amongst the winners already. And another one on the Weatherby card that I was going to have as my nap because this horse is a proper standish round Weatherby and although he's got 12 stone one I mentioned that James Bourne's got a good book of rides Albert's back of Mick Easterby's in the half three race this horse he is a proper proper solid horse round Weatherby and one thing is he's a good weight carrier as well now he tends to have Brian Hughes on his back most times but Brian is obviously elsewhere but um, James Bone takes the ride here for the first time and this horse is Weatherby record four wins two places from eight starts and don't expect to see this fella on the scene until very very late in the day so Albert's back with my nap Lovely. Hey, brother, in the opener at Weatherby and Albert's back. Uh, James Bowen uh, in the plate for Michael and David Easterby in at 3.30 at Weatherby. I, I'm a massive fan of Beauport. I do think um, the Sedesco Gold Cup is a decent starting point for him. I imagine they're going on to the Coral Gold Trophy once they win this. And I think he might be able to pull it off 3.45 at Ascot. But of course, it's my weekend, isn't it? You've got the likes of Boot Hill, Time Hill. Uh, you've got Brave Man's Game. This should be like shelling peas this weekend. It's been a pleasure to have Dermot Nolan and Paddy Aspel uh, on the race hour this week. Of course, brought to you with our friends at gambling.com. Uh, lads, enjoy your weekend. Do gamble responsibly and uh, enjoy all this good racing. Plenty more to talk about this season. We'll be back next week. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Relentless, remorseless, and pounding cause and star into submission.